in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Get Around Podcast. Happy New Year to everyone that is celebrating 2018, and we appreciate you checking in for the uh, first show of the year. Uh, this is the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley. Joining me as always this week, James Cook and Brett Summers. Uh, one of my New Year's resolutions is to not have so many ridiculous adjectives for James when I introduce them. Uh, my guess is I'll break that next week. But, uh, yeah, welcome into the show. We've got a good one for you today. We've got a great interview with Kalkaska Athletic Director Justin Thorrington. A lot of good stuff there, uh, along with a little bit, uh, little bit of breaking news from the Kalkaska Athletic Department. And uh, we will also get into our Get Around Hall of Fame. We'll induct our first Athlete of the Week uh, in 2018. Pretty much this is a show of firsts, I guess, as I keep talking about that we'll also do our the trifecta and that will be our new year's resolutions which apparently was news to james and brett when i brought it up today so we'll see if they can come up with something on the fly and i already have like five or six that i've written down one of which i've crossed off maybe we'll talk about that later i don't know yeah i will have to still i I haven't made any resolutions yet great i was thinking maybe you make sure that when you tie your tie the tip hits the belt Mm. buckle and I will have to do the same, uh, as will Harrison Beebe of 7-4 and four after he received uh, quite a ridiculous uh, email or message from a, uh, from a watcher, a viewer. A watcher? Definitely, <laughs> definitely a viewer. Yeah, that was, that was really nice. He was I, I know I looked good, so that, you guy always go, look that, good. that guy can go take a leap. Yeah, wearing that. You were looking solid, my man. I don't know about me. I, I, I can be sloppy even when I tried to dress nice. I know I didn't shave that day. I definitely didn't shave for it. So he was asking if we had a stylist. I'm like, oh yeah, definitely the Record Eagle and 7 and 4 News. We can afford stylists. I don't even think they do makeup over there uh, at 7 and 4 other than the... Uh, well, I think the, they do it themselves. Well, I don't, I don't think uh, Harrison uh, you know, puts any blush on his cheeks or eyeliner on those... No, but I know others do. Yes. Seriously. Okay. They, that, the little, they got that little bathroom off to the side there where they got the, little you know, powder the, nice, room. the nice lights around yes. it and everything. Yeah. 1950s Hollywood style. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. If you guys feel like getting closer to the mics, that's no problem. <laughs> I want to relax, okay? <clears throat> well, then bring the fucking mic back like that. Do you like Sinatra style? Yes, I had a dream about Frank Sinatra, a young Frank Sinatra. I, I yeah. saw and a couple other completely random items. Yeah, dart from which was it was that was actually a fairly scary part. Yeah, that a crave case from dart White from Castle dart from Stranger Things. I don't yeah, even know yeah, what dart that from, is. I don't know what that is. A crave case. I don't. Oh my god. I don't know what that is. Do you know what White, uh, White Castle is? It's a movie. No, it's a burger okay, chain. Okay, I don't know. Is what it, the? Isn't it a movie though? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is it? Oh, Harold and Kumar. Yeah, I go to White Castle. Uh, yeah, oh, that's Castle. my knowledge of White oh, Castle, man. and I haven't so even good. and I haven't even seen that movie. So and the reason oh. and the reason <laughs> that I just hit James with a uh, oh. shot. <laughs> yeah, we're all very upset, but I don't think. I mean, White Castle is pretty much a around Chicago. I know that it's it's tough to even get that down downstate Illinois, like even Central Illinois. Yeah, they got them in Detroit. Something like the Detroit Flint. They're delicious. I've, I've, yeah, I've only been to Detroit once, and um, Chicago's not. They're little sliders. Often. You get pickle, onion, 
you know, mu well, I don't think mustard on there, right? Do you put mustard? I think it's they just like... They don't come with mustard on it. Yeah, it's just like, I usually just do pickle, onion, and ketchup, and they're little sliders. They're not very big. They're very good. They're great. Yes, and they When Rich was on the are. copy desk, we had this little pact of, like, all the people on the copy desk that if you go down to Detroit or Chicago, you have to bring a crave case back for the entire hub. I had a fantastic jalapeno burger. I believe it's pronounced jalapeno. Jalapenos. Yes. I heard somebody pronounce it that way in a subway one time. Tortola. <laughs> <laughs> but they have crave cases at like Walmart and Meyer, I think, in the frozen food section. But those aren't mm -hmm. nearly as good. They're still good, but they're but, not. They're yeah, not. The they're same. not authentic. Not the no. same, no. All right. While we continue to waste time here talking about that, let's get into the pulse as we get around the sports world, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are going to be going over some of our 2018 predictions for the year ahead, some of the athletic storylines that we believe are going to happen. It's, I don't know, we're soothsayers or we're, we got some ESP and we watch ESPN. Well, I do. You don't. I watch ESPN. Do you? Yeah, I watched the the Rose Bowl on Monday. You watched college football? Dude. Breaking news. Brennan <laughs> Queeley watches college football. Yeah, I watched it, and it was one of the best games that I've seen. It was right up there with the uh, 07 Fiesta Bowl between Boise State and, oddly enough, Oklahoma. You watched, like, you watched, like, parts of three football games yesterday, I believe. Well, to be honest, uh, I didn't have much to do in the office yesterday, so it was... Football mania for me. Getting paid, though. Getting paid to watch that football. That's that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Foosball. So, it's foosball. So why don't we get started? Uh, Brett, why don't you kick things off and go with one of your predictions for 2018? We've got more than one school with undefeated boys and girls basketball teams, and uh, we'll get to another one later with our guest, but uh, Glenn Lake boys and girls, I, I think they're each going to make a run uh, to the state semifinals this year. Can't say Breslin for both of them anymore. Boys still at Breslin, girls at Calvin College, but I think uh, both Laker teams have a pretty uh, great chance to make the Class C semifinals. I, I definitely think that Glen Lake can, uh, can do that. I mean, their boys team last year uh, you know, really, I think, showed a lot. And the, and the girls' team made it down to, to Breslin when it was still at Breslin last year. So I think that is going to be invaluable, uh, you know, for them just to have that experience of going there. Uh, so I think a, a return trip this year um, could be even more fruitful having that experience. <laughs> um, I think that uh, come spring you'll see that uh, uh, Trevor C. St. Francis baseball team back in East Lansing, you know, Final Four at least. I think uh, the state finals is another definite possibility for them. I mean, they've got a, a huge chunk of that core of that team that went to the finals last year coming back. You know, they lose Connor Sweet at third, they lose uh, Gabe Callery at uh, second, and then they lose uh, Peter McAndrews, I believe, in the outfield. But um, they have such a strong JV program. I think their JV program last year went like 23-1 and one or something like that. I mean, St. Francis is going to be good for a long time, and I don't think you're too far off talking about them going back to state and probably maybe the championship game. When you've still got that, that killer rotation, which with some of the um, super regional changes this year is going to be even more crucial to have pitching depth than ever before. Yeah, I mean, and they've got probably, you know one of the best one-two punches in the state, I think. And then they've got kids that played a decent amount last year that will be stepping into some of those roles that uh, 
those kids that I mentioned, you know, uh, kids like Gallagher, Westman, uh, you know, they've got other other kids that saw some playing time last year. So, All right, well, speaking of baseball, we're actually going to go outside of prep baseball for my prediction, and I am predicting that the Traverse City Beach Bums, uh, that franchise will be sold. James, you've been here for a long time, what, a dozen years, 16, something like that, just... You're yeah, 15 in sports, yeah. You're a grizzled veteran at this point. How long has this been a rumor? Like, is it does it always pop up every couple of years? You already broke your resolution. Oh, did I give him an adjective? A grizzled veteran. Uh, yes. Well, that's actually an adjective and, and a noun. But it's true. You, yeah. Thanks for that interruption, Brett. You're Real welcome. good stuff. <laughs> Go ahead, James. Yeah, I mean, it has been kind of an ongoing rumor for years. Um, I think it's gaining more traction now. Um, and, you know, I, I think especially I, I reached out to a couple people in the Beach Bums organization about this because we were going to try to file it and do something on it, and, uh, and nobody would return my calls on that, which is kind of a... Yeah, that might uh, tell in, you something. An, an indicator there. The indication, I mean, it would be great, I think, if somebody could come in and get this team in the Midwest League and get them into affiliated ball. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that'll happen. I've heard that the, when the Werfels bought the team, that's what they wanted, and the Whitecaps ownership blocked that because um, they didn't want another team in Michigan competing. They somehow felt that people from Traverse City were going to be coming to Whitehaven capped games a lot or something. Well, I just hope that they still get to play the Joliet Slammers because they will visit uh, what is now known as the Cards Against Humanity place. I don't know if people know that yet or know the game Cards Against Humanity, but uh, it's a slightly inappropriate. Is that for the entire upcoming season? What's that? Yes. Yeah, the name of the yeah Cards the name of the stadium. I, I texted him a, a photo yesterday because they have it up now uh, in Joliet. The yeah. Slammers now play at the Cards Against Humanity place. Sports awesome. not stadium. No sports nothing. Sports like, place. We'll sports never place. forget. We'll never forget to put that in a story. <laughs> oh yeah, that's. Uh, I was uh, quite uh, delighted by that. I participated in that sports or the uh, Cards Against Humanity Christmas thing this year, and part of it was that they sent out baseball cards of the Joliet Slammers players. And you got the coach, right? One of the coaches? Yeah, Jeff Isom, who used to be the manager of the Beach Bums. Oh, well, there's another tie-in here to Traverse City. So, yeah. But there was uh, some, some pretty hilarious things on the uh, on the backs of those cards. Some, uh, some interesting statistical categories. Look them up, people. We're not going to say them here on the air. Well, this spring, uh, Traverse City's going to co-op for the first time uh, in lacrosse. La uh, and I just think that, you know, with the experience, the... Uh, Central and West club teams have had uh, over the years the, them combining forces. I, I, uh, I'm not necessarily uh, willing to go as far as, as to say that they'll win a regional because I don't know what those downstate teams programs are like. But I do think that, uh, that this Traverse City co-op team, I think in their first year, is going to have a winning season in boys lacrosse. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Maybe I will finally get out to a lacrosse game and see one live. I've never personally attended nor covered a lacrosse team. Um, and uh, my second one, I will say that the, the winner of the Class B girls basketball district that gets played at Kalkaska is going to make a run to the Final Four. Yeah, that one's loaded, right? What are the, what that, that district roll is down loaded. the teams again? Kingsley, Benzie, yes. Kalkaska hasn't yes. lost yet. Manistee, still a pretty decent program. And then you've got Cadillac and Ludington. Man, I really wish I that the MHSAA would spread those teams out a little bit. I know that a lot has to do with uh, the geographical area, uh, you know, and they're close. But man, when 
take a look, you know, do your research, MHSAA, and, and know that you are going <laughs> to have some good teams and spread it out a little bit more so you have a Kingsley and Kalkaska uh, meeting in a regional final or re- meeting in a regional final or a regional semifinal or anything like that. That's there's a lot more on the line, which means it's uh, it's much more entertaining and definitely a better story for us writers. Yeah, I mean, it could almost be harder to get out of that district than it will be for the district winner to get out of regionals, possibly. Next prediction from me is we're going with uh, a little bit of soccer, and I am going to say that Leland's uh, Koblund, who I, I talk about a lot on here and get made fun of for bringing him a lot, uh, as well as Traverse City West Jalen uh, Dabrowski, I'm going to say that they will lead the state in goals, and I know that's a bit of a jump, but uh, last year Dabrowski had 35 goals and 21 assists. Uh, she did kind of uh, share the spotlight with McKenna DeVries, uh, who had 31 goals and 20 assists. That's why they were named our all-region co-players of the year, because there's pretty much no way for me to, to, to choose uh, between them. Uh, Dabrowski is going to be a sophomore. DeVries is going to be a, a senior this year. And then you look at what Lund did, and he had 42 goals and 20 assists. And, and that is with uh, Joe Berta kind of putting some reins on him every once in a while and, and taking him out of games when he's put up five or six goals already. Yeah, 42 goals last season by Lund. That was uh, tied for 51st all-time in Michigan boys' soccer history. So great season. Followed up with another good one, and uh, we'll see if that can top the state. Being in a lower class, does that kind of prevent him from possibly winning a, uh, a Mr. Soccer in Michigan? I think to a degree it can. Part of that's going to come down to, you know, what the numbers of the top guys in the top divisions look like. I mean, if for some reason all of Division One was completely balanced and you didn't have anybody really standing out, I could see them going with a lower division player, but I do think he's at a natural disadvantage because of that fact. Yeah, I think it generally does. I mean, if Libby Munoz isn't going to win it from Division Four, I don't know who would. Yeah, like 42 goals for Libby Munoz is like an off year. All right, so uh, before we get out of here, just real quick, uh, Brett, what's your third prediction? Uh, Kingsley Volleyball breaks through and makes the Final Four next fall. James? Uh, Banton and Buckley are both back in the Final Four in boys basketball. All right, and I am going with West Girls Golf and Central Lake Football repeats as champions, which, I don't know, pretty good bet. I know that Central Lake lost Gavin Mortensen, but I think that'll do it. All right, it is our pleasure to welcome in Kalkaska Athletic Director Justin Thorrington into the conversation. Uh, happy to have you here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've uh, got about 20 to 25 minutes of your time. I appreciate you taking that. Just kind of right off the bat, what is, you know, you're in your third year as the AD. You're 33 years old. You're a young guy. I'm sure you've got a lot of ideas for the program uh, at, at Kalkaska. What is the, the culture that you're trying to build? Um, the, the culture we're really trying to build is one where we're really providing our, our student-athletes with the best experience possible through sports. And so what we're looking for from our coaches is um, for them to be there for, for their why, not their what. Their what is their coaches, but their why is, like, why, why are you coaching? So for the most part, for, for, for most coaches, obviously they're not in it for the money. They're in it because they had a great experience as a student-athlete or they learned something from the game that they carry with them today or they just want to be part of something that's bigger than themselves and, and their avenue to do that is through, um, through athletics and through coaching. And so 
you know, we're, we're always preaching it's never about the, the wins or losses. It's about teaching all those other things that, by the way, are going to lead to wins and losses. So really the biggest thing that we're trying to drive home is the positivity, high energy, and then just instilling those skills that you learn through sports that you're not going to get in the classroom, like, um, you know, work ethic, uh, zest, teamwork. How to zest, handle. I like that yeah, one. Zest I don't think I've ever one. heard that adjective in a while. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we, like we've got kids that'll that'll walk around the classroom, walk in the hallways, they're kind of quiet, keep their head down. But then as soon as the three o'clock hits, they're in the locker room, they're ready to go, they're pumped up, uh, they're ready for practice, they're ready for the game. So, I, you know, that's what we mean by zest. Really, the the, the big thing is to learn those life skills that they're going to carry with them after they like, leave the brick and mortar of Kalkaska High School that they learned through sport. Because the, the you know the, the chances are there aren't a ton that go on to play sports after high school. Um, the statistics show that. So it's what can we teach our kids today while we have them for these four years or really the, the six to seven years if you count middle school athletics as well that, that will make them better citizens when they leave. So you've got a kind of that three those three prongs that you want to hit at, which is a student, athlete, and then a person after mm-hmm. they graduate uh, from. Uh, how important is are those other two, uh, the student and the kind of the person that they will go on to be? Oh, those are, I mean, those are just as, as important as education. Again, the school is the avenue that we get to do educational athletics. Um, but really, even, even in the classroom, beyond learning, I don't, beyond learning, you know the grapes of wrath or chemistry or whatever really we're still trying to give them those skills in the classroom that they can use once they once they leave Kalkaska High School so really it's just an extension of that it's just the classroom after three o'clock really is what we call it so you had mentioned before you had uh that you guys have found a new uh football coach sure uh who who is that his name is uh Josh Bigby he's uh currently uh assist an assistant coach at a 6A school in Oklahoma um but he's got ties to Michigan he he worked um he worked at Claire High School. He coached for Claire High School, but um, his dad was a, a college football coach, so he went all over and he's done all sorts of things in college uh, football, from being an equipment manager for Les Miles and for Brian Kelly at when oh, wow. Brian Kelly was at CMU, um, to being assistant coaches at um, at smaller colleges and then um, coaching in, in Oklahoma as well. So he's he's kind of run the gamut of experience. So how, how did he find that job? I'm wondering from <clears throat> Oklahoma, is he looking at Michigan coaching yeah, so, jobs all the time? You know, he he. Uh, like he, he'll talk about it. he loves he loves football in the state of Michigan. Um, his you know grow, he grew up in Oklahoma, but his favorite football team is is Michigan State University, and so he was he and his wife are really looking to get back to Michigan and, and especially for him coaching football in, in Michigan. And I'd mentioned earlier and what was really impressive about him not only was just his um, you could tell how positive he was and how much he just loved the sport of football, but again this, the the coaching football is kind of his, his avenue to make a difference with. Uh, for, for young men and, and women, sometimes in the case in Kalkaska, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, he wants to make his impact through coaching football. So um, really excited to have him on board. His name's Josh Bigby. So, so it, when his resume hit your desk, what was your initial reaction or thought? You know what's funny is we had two applicants from Oklahoma and then another applicant from the state of Texas and then applicants from all over the state of Michigan as well. Like what, Sometimes when you post a job, um, depending, and I knew since it was varsity football, we'd get a lot of applicants. But sometimes I'll post a job and get one applicant. But we had about fifteen to twenty applicants, like I said, from all over 
from all over the, the nation, really, and all over the state. So he was the second one from Oklahoma, and, and I'm, I was just thinking, wow, I wonder how someone from Oklahoma finds a job in Michigan. But it's because we coach it, uh, posted on the uh, Michigan Football Coaches Association website. So, What stood out uh, about, about him? Uh, just how much he, he loved coaching and how, how he talked about how much he he talked to other coaches about uh, coaching, how much he talked to his former players about coaching, what he got from his dad, who was a college football coach, about coaching, and just how much he loves the sport of football. So this will be his first varsity head coaching job? In the state of Michigan, yes. Okay, but in Oklahoma he was a head coach? I believe so, yes. Okay. Yeah. How did the players respond? Have you told them yet? The players, no, the players don't know. He was okay. just recently board approved, and okay. he's not back in the state of Michigan until March. Oh, okay. And all so, right. obviously, he's been in contact with all the coaches on staff um, coming up with a plan, and when he's back, he will be at back the week before our spring break starts, so we'll do a players' meeting then and probably a parent meeting, and, and, and really he'll start to hit the ground running then. Uh, what we've seen so far this year from Kalkaska is, uh, and, and uh, even even last year, the the quality of athletes uh, that seem to be uh, playing for you, kind of what can you say about uh, just the determination that is is part of Kalkaska Athletics? Uh, it comes from the community. It's really a gritty community, and so that work ethic is already there in our kids when they when when we get them as high schoolers. Just just from the nature of the community, everyone's you know it's a blue collar town. Everyone's a really hard worker, so I think that plays into it a little bit. But then also, um, we really have a, a really good youth uh, youth sports setup, and so um, <clears throat> you know we've got you know a great youth basketball program with with huge numbers, a, um, a youth f- football program with with big numbers. So um, that it really it starts at a young age that that want to be a blazer, and really. Outside of the, the Trout Festival, any Friday night for football or basketball really is the biggest event going on, going on in town. Um, and so, you know, as a, as a kid, you're going, to fo- you're going to football games and basketball games on Friday night, so it's just part of the community and the culture. I've got to ask you about the mascot because you just said blazer. <laughs> was there a time where it was blue blazers? Because I referred to it as blue blazers a couple of times, and both of these guys said I was wrong. It can go both ways. Okay. Actually, I when I first got the job, I was on the um, Kalkaska Public Library website looking up old articles to find out the, the originations of blue blazer or just a blazer, and I couldn't find the answer to that. But the, I found an article from, like, 1921 where they referred to as the blue blazer. There we go. I'm going to keep call, going with blue blazers. <laughs> either, either one works. Is right. <laughs> either one works. Blue blazer sounds more like a clothing option than a, a mascot. <laughs> that is true. That is, yes, yeah, someone wearing a nice blue blazer is a little bit different than the uh, the dragon well, mascot. It's funny. Um, after, I think after the boys' basketball team won their third, he, uh, Coach Hire made a, a deal with his boys because he was our former former varsity golf coach, and he's got, like, blue slacks, like blazer blue slacks that he would wear uh, to golf matches. And so he made some deal. If they won a game, he'd wear them. And so I, I said... At some point, I'm going to make a deal with him if they win a certain game or get to a certain mark that I'm going to expect him to wear a blue blazer to match, kind of like uh, Bruce Pearl used to wear at Tennessee, the right. orange one, yeah. mm-hmm. but, a, but a blazer blue one. So I, might, I may have missed it when you guys were visiting before I got here, but where, uh, where are you from originally? I'm, I'm from Traverse City. Originally. Oh, you are? Okay. Yep. Well, even though growing up not far from Kalkaska, has there been anything that's really surprised you about the school or the community or or maybe something you thought about Kalkaska that turned out to be absolutely not true? <laughs> um, no, actually the biggest thing when I took the job at Kalkaska, uh, I remember meeting 
the former AD Rick Swolverland because he was going to give me the tour, hand me the key, show me where everything was, was just how fantastic the facilities are. Just I, I, would have, I was working at Dansville, and Dansville is a similar community, a little bit smaller, and they just had this old, like essentially it was a big barn for a gym is how I'd always describe it. It was just really small. And so then I walk into Kalkaska, and obviously we've got an awesome gym. I, I think it's the best gym in northern Michigan. So that it was the nice. big, it was the biggest surprise was to walk in and see the walking track and the huge weight room, and then and then you could look down on the gym floor and you see Kalkaska blazers on the bleachers. That was the biggest thing that surprised me. Now, you had, when we were talking before we got on the air here, uh, you were talking uh, about your wife, mm-hmm. uh, who is, as you admitted, obviously smarter than you are. She's very much smarter um, than I am. And you spent, what you said, four years in Florida. Yep. What gravitated you back to this area, and as well, what gravitated you towards an athletic director position? Actually, I knew I wanted to be involved in athletics when I was in high school. I was a student aide for John Sonneman, who was the athletic director at Traverse City Central. My senior year, I got to work kind of as his aide for an hour a day and with his uh, uh, assistant, Liz Warren, and I was like um, processing contracts for him and helping him put schedules together and team awards. And I really started to like, oh, I like the back end side side of athletics. Like I like to compete, of course I do, but it's cool to like, be able to set everything up and then um and then and then just watch it go and say you know that couldn't have happened without me and then when I, I got um a sports management degree from the University of Michigan and I had an internship where um we were setting up sporting events with the Detroit Metro Sports Commission I think that's originally I was like okay I want to be involved in sports doing this somehow um what gravitated us back to Michigan was that we're both from Traverse City and we both wanted to be back here and so the opportunity I was offered the job at Dansville which was an opportunity for me to get back to Michigan and then a year later was offered the position in Kalkaska which is an opportunity for me to get back up home north. So, so you're from Michigan but you hired a Michigan State fan for your football coach. I did. Um <laughs> I, I graduated from the University of Michigan I did. You know what? And I also talk about uh um coach D when I'm in my coaches meetings cuz I say, you know what, it takes a lot for me to say this as a Michigan fan, but what I like what um, Coach D does very well is he meets the players at their level, and so I kind of use that as an example about for our coaches to, to realize, hey, you know, we got to buy something that, that the kids are going to sell. You know, we need to be here for the kids, and, and here's someone who does it at the biggest level, and, and you see the results. It's hard for me to say. but You're mm-hmm. 33 years old now. You've been the AD for three years, mm-hmm. and this is always a difficult question to ask, or I should maybe not to ask, but to answer. How long do you see yourself at Kalkaska? As long as they'll have me. You know, it's um, it's been a great experience. Um, well, the, the biggest opportunity now, too, is with sort of the t- turnover in coaches. Uh, it was really my chance to um, to implement my vision and, and what I want an athletics program to look like. So there's there's a lot of, um, and it, like, that just gets me really pumped up to be able to do that. And, like, great facilities, great people, and I, I'm, I'm just really happy there. So you talked about the vision that you have for the program. Like what what's something that the athletic department doesn't have right now that even if it's not in the next year or two, just somewhere down the road that it would sort of be like a, a crowning uh, achievement or something you'd like the department to have moving forward. You know, honestly, I think the the biggest thing that we need that I would like is a a, a, a full scale middle school program. So right now, in the in the fall we've got cross country and we've got girls volleyball then we've got boys and girls uh, basketball in the winter and then track in the spring 
So really, as I mentioned, we've got a great youth setup in Kalkaska, and I think we lose some athletes at the middle school level because we don't have that full offering. And so if we really are serious about winning state championships and providing the best, I think we need to bridge that gap between our youth program and our high school program um, by having a full-fledged middle school offering. Yeah, so it's really about starting everything early and preparing them for the high school level. Yeah, but the, the biggest thing about starting them early is just to get them having fun and interested sure. in sports and, and, and having the season just long enough that that they want to come back for more and they're having so much fun like, oh man, they're, they're, they're upset that the season ended, but we're not we're not uh, we're not um, kind of burning them out. I think that that's the biggest key at the youth, the youth level and then the middle school level is really to, to build on those fundamentals and get them ready for the high school. Was there anything you wanted to plug, events coming up, that uh, you, you want the public to know about? Uh, just to know about our two uh, undefeated basketball teams. Um, we've got a really important stretch coming up for both with Boyne City this Friday, Charlevoix next Tuesday, and then St. Francis next um, next Friday at St. Francis. Um, that's really going to be kind of the, the measuring stick for both programs to see where we're really at because we're both undefeated right now, but we're getting into the heart of the, the conference schedule now. How cool is it to have two basketball teams that are both undefeated it's at the awesome. same time? It's awesome, and I, and I imagine if that continues, the, the gym's going to just – like I, you, you were you guys at the regional final against it was, Cadillac? It, I, mm-hmm. I get kind of um, uh, made fun of for this, <laughs> but I was there – and it was the greatest girls basketball game I have ever seen as a sports reporter. And I ended up writing, he likes to say I wrote 60 inches on it, which is, I don't know, like True. 1,500 words <laughs> or something like that. Usually we like to keep our gamers to 600 to 650. And I, I went a little overboard just because it was so much fun watching that game. And, yeah, I was there, and that gym was, there were times where you could not hear yourself. No, it was, it was rocking, it was packed. Um, we had, we had, we have the walking track that people were, were, it was like standing room only. I want every game to be like that. So I imagine the, the more and more we win, um, and the and the more and more we can promote that, the that uh, the more games we can have like that. I couldn't find a place to stand without like an obstructed view. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was like I said, that was a lot it was of fun. Awesome. It was cool. That's actually a, a question I have for you. As far as getting people to the facilities for events, what I guess if you had to put like a number on it, how much? What percentage is it tied to winning, and what percentage is it things that you guys can actually work on that aren't necessarily the product on the floor that will get people to come and watch on a consistent basis? I think the the, the product on the floor and, and winning are kind of tied to each other. Um, p- people are going to come to the games no matter what, but it's like it's getting the those community members that don't necessarily have kids in the system anymore that uh, that aren't that either aren't playing or aren't friends with kids on the team. So I think the the biggest I mean winning obviously helps that people want to see a winning record or be part of be a part of that. Um, and then the other thing we need to do and, and we started to do it this fall um, was it was kind of those special events. So uh, homecoming we honored um, alumni from 50 years or greater. We had an alumni tent and it's just finding those ideas to get people out to the game. And then the very last game of the football uh, season. Uh, we dedicated our flagpole and did a military appreciation night. So anytime you can tie in those things to big events, you'll get more people out as well. And where does popcorn fall into that? Popcorn, I mean, it's got to be up there. Right? I know you love the popcorn. I don't, they I don't blame one? you. Yeah. Are they number one? Yeah. I think we finished two years, number they have one caramel corn. two years running. Two years running. Uh, <laughs> Nobody else does caramel corn. 
It's great caramel corn. It's our band boosters actually that run it, and uh, no, it's good stuff. And, and the first thing, first thing teams say when I, I greet them on the bus, I bring them in. They're like, God, "It smells so good in here." It's because we've set up the caramel corn right as they're entering, so they so they're uh, they're distracted a little bit, thinking about other things, <laughs> thinking about the caramel corn. I love that James is the uh, preeminent voice on <laughs> popcorn in the state of Michigan. At least northern Michigan. Anything else? No, that's it. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Anytime I can talk about Cal. Absolutely, Cal, it was it. it was so nice to have uh, to have you on. Uh, really great stuff. Uh, I appreciate you breaking some news about your new football coach. Yeah, no problem. And uh, I wish you uh, the best going forward the rest of this year and however long you're at Cal Casca, right. as long as they'll have you. All right, exactly. Thanks. All right, thanks. Once again, we want to thank Justin Thorrington for joining us. It was uh, very nice to have him uh, as a guest. Great interview for sure. So if there are any other ADs, coaches, you were, you're more than welcome to, uh, to contact us and, and let us know. We are more than happy to break news on the get-around. Yeah, it's been twice now. So each guest has, uh, has broken news before any of the news got out, which is... Awesome. Yeah. Or fantastic, as I like to say. That's my favorite adjective. But why don't we now get into the get-around Hall of Fame as we induct the first Athlete of the Week into 2018. James, why don't you go with uh, with your nomination before we get any further? Uh, I'm going to go with Miggy Barrientos. Miggy Wands Barrientos. But everybody calls him Miggy, I think. All right, don't look at your paper. Spell his first name. You have done this before when I've asked you to do it. M-I-I-G-W-A... N-H-S. Two A's, I believe. That is right. There I is two I's, two A's. There is two I's, two A's. And then, yes, it is N-H-S. It's N-H-S, which yeah. is, you think it would be the other way around. You would think it would be, would be H-N-S, H-N-S, but it's not. Yeah. So. It's okay, James, that you got that wrong. You were closer than anybody else would have gotten. <laughs> I always have to go back and look at the roster and be like, okay, I just go letter by letter. Can we just get his permission to write it as Miggy? Maybe we can just say Miggy. Yeah, Yeah, we can probably start saying Miggy. Well, yeah, we can ask him, definitely. Yeah, Miggy wants, if you are listening, go ahead and let us know. Shoot us a tweet. Yeah. Can we just use Miggy, and how would you like it spelled? Thank yes. you. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, what were his stats for the week? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Ryan Hayes broke the record, what, two weeks ago? T.C. West uh, single Before game the holidays. Record. Yeah, and uh, what, he scored 34 right. in a game, and then uh, they were playing the other night against Muskegon Heights as part of that uh, tournament down in Grand Haven, and Miggy busted loose for 35, so Hayes' record, no more. Gone. Yeah, he gone. That might be a fun little... Uh, Competition squad competition to see how many times the other can can break the record and uh, how high they can push that total. I bet Barrientos breaks that by the end of the year. I bet he scores more than thirty five in a game. Just throwing it out there. That's one of my other predictions for two thousand. Can see that. Well, Hayes missed that tournament. Yeah, I saw a little bit of a rolled ankle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sanders Fry, the head coach, said they were basically the walking wounded by the end of that tournament. Brett, better than the Walking Dead. I, I don't know. I, I like The Walking Dead. The finale, I thought it was, or the mid-season but I, I can't, finale. But I don't see zombies playing b- basketball very well. No, but there is They a, lack a little bit of, of coordination. I don't know if you've seen the commercials for this, but there's a Walking Dead app where, like, you can, when you're... Play? You, when, no, no, no. When you are doing actual live stuff, the, your cell phone, there's, like, zombies there. And, and zombies and, to it. Yeah, and so there was one where they were playing basketball and the zombie was trying to go up for a block. Have you not seen that commercial I yet? Not, I have not. Yeah, right. augmented reality. Okay. Yeah. Brett, your nomination for Get Around Hall of Fame. 
Well, I'm uh, going with a, a fellow Titan, uh, Traverse City West Wrestling this time, though, Wiley Edick. Uh, he's put an impressive season together to this point, 18-1 and one at 145 pounds, but uh, he, won the, he won the Traverse City West Holiday Tournament. That was his first uh, tournament victory of the season, and uh, just wanted to uh, put him up there for everything he's done to this point this season. Uh, and really, West as a whole, their, their wrestling team is off to a fantastic start to the season. Yeah, I saw him wrestle at that tournament, and, uh, and he had to beat Andy Simaz in the finals in that. And Simaz is another one of the really good wrestlers in the area. Uh, and that was one of the best matches of the day in that tournament was, uh, was those two. Uh, and, and, yeah, Wiley, I mean, he's only a sophomore, too. I mean, he was good last year. He lost in the finals, I think, of this tournament last year. Um, so he really wanted to, to win that tournament, he told me, after the afterwards. So. Well, I like that we have three sports for our nominations because I am uh, going with the hockey player, and that's Logan Carey from the Bay Reps, a uh, left wing. He had three goals and two assists in, in the four games last week. Uh, the Bay went 2-2 uh, two and two in the Scott Miller Memorial Tournament. They had a 3-2 win over Grand Haven, a 4-1 win over Traverse City Central, and then they lost to both Salem and Traverse City West. But Logan had a, uh, a great series uh, through those four games. So let's take a vote. Who are we going with? I mean, I we had uh, three pretty good candidates. Brett, go ahead and, and give your vote. I, I mean, Wiley Edick with an 18 and one record uh, so far in this season, that's pretty difficult to uh, to vote against. And and Barrientos breaking the record for most points in a game for West, also difficult to vote for or vote. Sorry, vote against. So what you're saying is I'm going to vote for my candidate and James is going to vote for his candidate and you're going to break the tie. I am going to break the tie. That seems to be the case, yeah. All right. Is that how we're going to do it? That's how we're going to do it. That's All right, well, gonna roll. I will go with uh, Wiley Edict just because I don't want James to win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I think uh, you reading off uh, those stats uh, is, is pretty impressive. I didn't read those, Brandon. I knew those. Oh, yes, of course. The cell phone is not sitting next to your microphone right now. But, uh, yeah, we will we'll go with Wiley. And uh, congratulations to Wiley Edict for being our first inductee in the Get Around Hall of Fame for 2018. I have little doubt we'll see Migwans back in the nominations list before the end of this season. Yeah, absolutely, since I predict that he's going to break that record anyway. Let us now move on to the trifecta. And this year, since New Year's was just a couple of days ago, I thought that we would go around the circular table we're sitting at right now and reveal our New Year's resolutions. Some of them may be cliche, and that's quite all right. Others, such as mine, are a little more... Uh, I don't know. Pathetic? Is that right? Pathetic would be the good word for that, for mine? But your, your words. My words, nobody else is great. Brett, since uh, you haven't thought of one yet, I'm going to put you on the spot right now, and you're going to have to say it. I asked, I said, eat more ice cream or stop having diabetes, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to go cliche and uh, be a little more dedicated to uh, healthier eating. You know, I got the gym side down just fine. Yeah, if but I, if I could get if I could get the kitchen side down, you had that like be ridiculous. I, I've like never seen you eat bad food. That, that you always like your protein powders. Well, that's because the bad food gets bought and then it sits at home and then you know like it's so tough not to buy bad food. It it, it is. really is. You're like oh, well, man. and then at you the holidays, you know pe good, people pizza. buy you bad food and give it to you. And I think I had like two tubs of mint chip ice cream. Over the weekend? I didn't get anything for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> 
I shouldn't I was, be laughing. That's I was not a good boy. <laughs> That's not true. My mom cut me a check for some money. That was my gift. She's like, here you go, pay bills. That was wonderful. And I used that as a down payment on my car. Well, part of my down payment on my car. Awesome. Jimmy James, what are you resoluting to do this year? Um, I actually I actually buy healthy food and then usually then go out to like Burger King instead yeah. of making said heavy, healthy food at home. So then so it, you're like, I have to get out of this house. The healthy food is looking at me. So, yeah. so then it expires and you just throw it away. You're like, I've had those green beans in there for like three weeks now. They are, it's time to get rid of those. <laughs> They're extra green. <laughs> well, healthy eating is uh, is always a good one. Yeah, a, a few years ago, uh, actually, yeah, my New Year's resolution was to stop eating fast food, and I actually did that for like four years, I think, where I did, I did not. I'd say go that to counts McDonald's as keeping your game. resolution. Yeah, even I did, though it did come to an end, I'd say that counts. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to go back to doing that, but I know it's impossible. But you did well, it for four years, so it's not impossible. Uh, it's it's impossible now. Because. I don't know. I think I have uh, I have less determination now than I did back then. Well, and you're traveling. <laughs> you know, you travel a lot, and you know, for the job, and he gets I around a lot. I mean, we headed to Culver's after the soccer regional championship game, and that was good. Certainly wasn't healthy. I mean, I think I, fish and you can, chips. You can is, get you can get a grilled chicken sandwich or salad mm-hmm, at yeah. those places. Yeah, mm-hmm. but fish and chips with a lot of tartar sauce is uh, that is my bread and butter, yo. Now, speaking of my New Year's resolution, yo, uh, I have pretty much uh, a lot of cliche ones. Diet, exercise, get rid of this pudgy little feelings pouch that seems to be uh, cir- circling my uh, my body right now. And uh, it would be really nice if uh, my pants felt a little less tight. I don't know. Uh, reading a little bit more, staying off my phone, but uh, Brett's not uh, using that one right now. Actually looking at his phone while we're trying to do this podcast. Man, he is <laughs> dedicated to the get-around. Being a better brother, son, uncle, uh, that's always... I'm not saying I'm a bad one, just kind of want to be a better one. But my actual New Year's resolution is uh, don't be afraid to talk to girls. Because I'm sitting here, 33, single, and I would like to get that part of my life started at, at, at some point. But, uh, yeah, I actually managed to, you know, not break that one, but but stay with that one on... New Year's Day, or about 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Uh, in the morning of, of New Year's Day from New Year's Eve to And no New liquid Year's courage, Day. from what I understand. No, straight up sober, which is crazy, because I was actually funny and not uncomfortable. She was, you know, very nice to talk to, and ended up pulling some digits. And I asked her for her number, and she said, oh, yeah, sure. And I went, really? All right, cool. And, uh, yeah. Congratulations. Oh. Keep it rolling. Hey, we'll, we'll see where this goes. Maybe next week I'll be like, she stopped texting. It's, <laughs> it's all over. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm just going to keep eating so my feelings pouch grows bigger. <laughs> all the resolutions gone in one fell swoop. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, next week uh, okay. we'll have some crazy adjectives for James Cook, and uh, I will be... Basically coming to work in a bathrobe, having not showered after five or six days. And twiddling around in your phone. And twiddling, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Get Around Podcast. As always, we appreciate your time. 
and uh, make sure that you come back next week where we will hopefully have just as entertaining of a show as we had today. Have a good rest of the week and keep listening. Thank you.